Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. So let's give them a warm Calvary welcome. Thank you, Reverend Lonnie Burton. Hallelujah. El Señor es bueno. God is good. Aleluya. Yo me alegré con lo que me decían. A la casa de Jehová iremos. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Aleluya. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Are you glad to come and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Aleluya. God is moving in this place. Aleluya. And this is what it's all about. It's not just a show. It's not just an entertaining part of my life on Sunday morning. It's about connecting with the anointing of God. Hallelujah. And if we learn to do that, there's not telling what can happen around the world. If we can get a hold of the anointing of God, every service we come with the mentality, I'm going to get a hold of the anointing of God. You're going to leave every time out of this place encouraged. You're going to leave strengthened. You're going to leave with so much motivation in your life because God loves you and he loves when you seek after him. Can you say amen? Give a hand clap to the Lord right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I will try to be as short as I can. As I came on deputation, uh, the Lord started dealing with me. And as I opened my Bible, and to be really truthful with the story, I left my two Bibles in Venezuela. I arrived in April, and I found out I did not have a Bible. Now, you have your iPads, and you have your iPhones, and you have your Bible apps, but that is, I, for me, Sister Reed, I still like my Bible. That's me now. I, I know the younger generation likes their phone, and they, they carry everything in one, but I always say if your phone dies, then your, your Bible died. And so I had to go down the road over here. There's a bookstore. I think it already closed out. And I went to that bookstore, and I was able to buy the Spanish-English Bible. And as I opened it, the Lord gave me this small little verse. And the Lord kind of deal with me about preaching towards the church in America for this time in deputation. And I want to read it, and I think it goes very much what we were doing today. And I just want to uh, let you know what God wants to still do in this church and what God has in store for you for next year Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 says these words, but seek ye last. Okay, seek ye first the kingdom of Brother Ellis. Oh, it doesn't say that. Okay. The kingdom of Brother Lonnie Burton. No, it says the kingdom of who? Of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. You may sit down and uh, just hear the word right now. I hope that your hearts are open to hear this. Uh, I believe that God is telling us today, if we want to have the greatest revival in this last time, we are going to have, hallelujah, to seek more the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? I believe that a church is not to come and just be 
a social club. I don't think a church is here just to be entertained or just come to look at each other for a couple hours and we kind of get justified. Okay, we saw each other and we kind of praised God a little bit. We sang two songs and we gave an offering and we gave towards missions and we feel satisfied. It's not that. It's more than that. To come to church is to get a hold of the anointing of God. To come to church is to seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness. We cannot forget where the Lord has brought us. We cannot forget what God has done in our life. We become very entertained and we become very much accustomed just to do things by a protocol or we do things by a time period. But I'm telling you, when you come into the presence of God, you cannot help it but get a hold of the anointing. And when you get a hold of the anointing and when you get a hold of God, it changes your life. I've been on deputation now for a while where I've been in great churches, but also I've been to some churches in our organization where literally they're dying spiritually. We're doing things by a protocol or we're doing things by a schedule or we're doing things just to fit in a slot and we justify ourselves. I'm doing a lot for the kingdom of God. But let me tell you, when you add up your hours of eating, when you add up your hours of sleeping, when you add up your hours of work and when you add your hours of entertainment and when you add your hours of doing things in the yard and you do this and that and I'm not against that. But when we forget to put God first, that is the problem. It's America. America wants revival, but you have revival. You got to forget about some things and put priority in the kingdom of God. I heard a pastor a while back, last deputation, he said, Brother Lonnie, I'm fed up of hearing about revival around the world. He was not offending me. He was just showing his concern that he was fed up of hearing of all the things that happened in Japan. He was just tired of hearing things happening in Mexico, things that are happening in Puerto Rico, or things happening in Venezuela, or in Ecuador, or Argentina. He's getting fed up. He's saying, I want to hear in America. But I'm telling you, in America, the problem is sometimes it's our own culture. We become very much entertained. We become so much preoccupied. We get preoccupied just to do things, but really we don't need things. One pastor told me we, we act like we're busy, but we're really not doing nothing. We're act busy. We go to the supermarkets, we go to Lowe's, when we go to Home Depot, when we go to Walmart, and we're just walking around saying we're doing things, but really we have nothing else to do. But I'm telling you, if we can get back to the basic, if we can just get back to worshiping God, when we can just let it loose. I enjoy what was happening today. As a matter of fact, I was saying this is what we need, just to let loose a little bit. Let God take control. Run to an altar, saying, God, I need you right now in my life. I cannot make it on my own. I need that anointing. I need that power. I need a move in my life. I need healing in my body. I need situation that you need to take care of. That is what it's all about. When I still look at Venezuela at this time, when I look at the nation that is struggling, a nation where transportation was very common now. For many years, I could see our brother coming into church with some of their cars. But now as I look Venezuela, Venezuela has no transportation. But I'm telling you, people are still going to church because there's hungry in their life. There's hunger in their soul. They're hungry because they want something of God in their life. 
They have no money. They have no bank accounts anymore. They have hardly any food in their homes. They have nothing. They're barely surviving with only about $15 a month right now as a minimum salary. But yet you will see our churches of the United Pentecostal Church of Venezuela fall because people are hungry for the word of God. When I pastored our first church in Torococo, it was all by accident. I went with my father-in-law to go check out this area in the town of Torococo. Brother Jaime Martinez, my father-in-law, was telling me exactly why we were going up to this area. These brothers were begging my father-in-law because they wanted a church in their local area. These brethren were from a different denomination and got a hold of the revelation of the name of Jesus. And when that happened, they wanted to get a church in their local area. Yet there wasn't a church nearby. Their closest church for them was about over three hours walk. And they didn't have a transportation. They didn't have a bike. They didn't have a motorcycle. They didn't have a bus or a truck. Nothing like that. There was not even a transportation to take them there because there was a small little town. And so there was no main transportation for that town. There was a back road. But it was not a main town for them to go back and forth. They, the, main, the main town was like Monai, a city where they could do purchase and buy stuff. But they did not get to an area to say, no, Lord, we, we know you, but we don't have a church, so we won't go anywhere. No, they had two good legs. And they would walk for over three hours to go to one of our churches. It was about a group of 12 baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost. They had a couple of kids of their own. So a group of 20, 23 of them would walk to church every weekend. They would go for Saturday evening. And they arrived for time for service. They would worship God. And after church, they would sleep in one of the pews that were there in the sanctuary. They would sleep in these wooden pews. But that did not detain them. They want to keep on worshiping God. They got up in the morning and they worshiped God until service ended that Sunday afternoon. And they would walk back happy as could be with their bags and everything they had for that weekend that they stayed overnight. They did this for many years. They didn't do it for two months and got fed up and said, Presbyter, start me a church here. No, no, no. It was over four years, Brother Ellis. My question would be, will you walk for four years that way? Going to church, but that did not stop them. They would get there and praise God and worship the Lord. So when my father and I, father-in-law got there, they were so hungry. We were there to, uh, to check out the area to see if we could start a church in that area. But the hunger that they had, they were so excited to see us. They said, we want service tonight. And my father-in-law looked at me and says, well, we didn't come prepared for this. Because sometimes we think we need all of this to have a good service. Let me tell you, sometimes in Venezuela with the lights going off and on all the time, three hours, yes, three hours, no, you don't know when to put the service. But you know what? You can have good services without lights. Because the Bible says where there's two or three gathered together in his name, he's in our midst. And I'm telling you, God can move the same way. We got to get a picture out of that, that if we don't have this or have that, we cannot have church. I went to one place. I won't tell you where, but I went to one place on last deputation. I was in the, my end, and I was tired. But I went into this this church, and it was a little small, but it was cram-packed. It was like 85, 90 of us, and it was totally packed. We were all like sardines in a can. And Sister Trisha, there was next door a brand-new building. Now, my mentality, I'm very Latin, very Latino. And I looked at the pastor and I said, brother, what's wrong with that building? You know, it's a big building. 
That building could fit in 400 people. They had everything ready. Everything was prepared. But this was the mentality of the pastor. We have not inaugurated it yet. And then the second thing is we're waiting on a brand new pulpit. So I looked at him, and I was very sarcastic, I guess, at that time. And I didn't care what people think about me anymore. I kind of looked at him, and I said, oh, so without a pulpit, God cannot move then? See, we think that, Sister Diana Reed, Sister Pasley, we think God is in this. And so if we don't have this, we don't have, I'm telling you, the presence of God is already in this place. It can be right there in the other cafeteria. It can be on the street. God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when we look at God, hallelujah, and the Lord Jesus, when he was upon this earth, he did not go everywhere in a sanctuary. Most of the time it was open air. I'm telling you, God can move in the outdoors and the indoor as long as there's a gradi of people that are saying to say God I want to seek your kingdom I want to seek your righteousness I want to seek you Lord like never before and so we had a small little service in that small little living room a dirt floor nothing fancy they put a little nightstand to represent a pulpit just so we can put our Bible but that night God filled people with the Holy Ghost that night people repented of their sins and I'm telling you give me people hungry give me people that have a desire in their life give me people that want to have a relationship with God. They were the people that want revival today. Do we want revival? We all say yes, but are you willing to sacrifice? Because revival does not come in a package. Pastor Tom Ellis did not come with a box today from Global Missions and that came back from General Conference saying, hey, I brought the miracle package. I wish it came like that, but it does not. I wish Pastor Ellis could say, hey, I got the secret in 2020 when I opened this box, New Year's Day, we're going to have instant revival. How, on, how many want that? He would open that package. There would be about 400 people in front of this altar repenting of their first time of their sins. There would be a line of people being baptized in the name of Jesus. There would be people back there receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. There would be people back here getting their miracles. How many want to see that? I'm telling you, we want to see it. We say we do, but are you willing to sacrifice? But it does not come in a package. Pastor cannot open a box and say, this is going to happen. It doesn't happen with a program. It does not happen with this protocol, that protocol. It happens when you and I get together and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we get in one mind, in one accord, in a mindset, God, I'm here to get anointed. I'm here to get the Holy Ghost. I'm here to get a hold of you. I was in New Jersey, and we finished one service on a Sunday morning. About a couple, four or five, already got the Holy Ghost. It was a good service. But a young girl at the age of 11 years old came up. Her father came right behind her, and he said, Pastor, she wants to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So they start praying for her. And during that time, everybody was getting anxious that they're hungry and wanted to go home because we kind of look at our watches. Oh, now we got to beat so-and-so to get to the, the good seats at the restaurants. And so we kind of, so everybody was... And when I looked around, everybody left except for this young girl, her father. So I decided, well, I'm going to pray for them. The pastor, I don't know where he's at, but I'm going to pray. Pastor came back and through the doors back there and said, Burton, let's go. I said, well, wait, I'm praying for her. Oh, who cares? Let's go. So I kind of looked at him, and I, and I, I, I guess my, 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 my face showed it all. Like, stop it. I'm going to pray for her. And... Uh, all of a sudden, he left. I got the word that if I wanted my, 
my check, I had to go to the restaurant after service. And, I, and I'm ready to finish. Hear this. And this young girl had a desire in her life. She just kept on raising her hands. So finally I looked at her and I said, this look at me right now. It's repent. And I started explaining to her what the Holy Ghost was. And I just kind of talked to her. I said, do you really, really want it? Because if she told me she didn't, I said, just go home, you know. But she looked at me. She says, I want the Holy Ghost. And I said, you know what? Give me people like that that are hungry. Give me people like that that are hungry. So we start praying again. And before you know it, about 10 more minutes down the road, she was starting to speak, speak in tongues. And I kept saying, that's it. That's the Holy Ghost. And before you know it, she starts just speaking it and speaking it and speaking in tongues. And I said, that's what it's all about. People that have a desire in their life that said, I will not leave out of this service until the anointing comes down. I will not leave here until my problem is being solved. I will not leave here until my healing is here. I'm telling you, if we want revival, we got to get with the program. If we want revival, we got to get a hold of the anointing of God. Give a hand clap right now. What impacted me in my last trip to Venezuela was when my father and I, we went to a country area, Mata Brecharia. I don't know if you were there, Grandma. Mata Brecharia, Napure, you go from a nula way inside. As a matter of fact, that, that particular day looks like we were never going to get there. And when we finally arrived to a checkpoint, the guard didn't wanted us to go even through. He said, no, I cannot let you through. This area is too dangerous. But I said, you know what? My dad said, we got to preach the gospel. We got to go and tell people about Jesus. We are waiting for us. And then all of a sudden, the, this, uh, this man, he said, well, who are you preaching for? The United Pentecostal Church of Venezuela. He says, well, my mom goes to one of your churches. And so he said, please pray for me. And so I said, we said, okay. So we prayed for him. He led us through. And as we went back on the road, we start seeing brethren walking. But they were all dirty. Their clothes were dirty, dirty. And as they kept on walking to that church, we told them, come on, jump in the car. But they were so polite and so nice. And the whole pastor, look at how we are. We're all dirty. And we're like, okay, well, we keep on going. So we arrived to the small little town of Mata Brecharia. Not that many churches, not that many people in that area. A couple of houses here, but we walked into this church that could fit in over 600 people. And as my dad got there, we noticed that he had 10 bathrooms along the side. And brothers were rushing in to bathe and bathe. And they were coming out, changing and putting clothes on. And, and, and you know, my dad noticed that. And, and so finally my dad said to the pastor, he said, well, well what, what's happening, pastor? Where were these people coming from? He says, well, he says, you see that group over there? My dad said, yeah, well, they have walked for over an hour to come to church today. You see that other group over there? Yeah. He says, well, they have walked for over two hours. You see that other group over there? Yeah. They have walked for over three hours. And he kept going down the line. And he said, did you see that other group over there? Yes, they walked for four hours. That other group, I admire them. Look at that group. It's a group of about 30 people. He says, them group have walked up. They have waken up from four o'clock in the morning. They started walking about five, and they keep on walking. They had to cross two rivers just to get to the church, but they have no church in their local area. They have no church around them. The closest is to ours, but they come every Sunday morning without a doubt. They don't miss any day, but they arrive at that church, and they don't come just to give a little hallelujah. They don't come to church just to give a little glory, God. They come to church to surrender all to the will of God and worship that mighty God. And as I see that, I'm thinking in my mind, that is what's happening to America. America, we have been laid back. Some places now want recliners in church. Just put it back. What they call them, the lazy boys? 
I had a friend of mine took it to IBC, Ryan Crosley. Brother Massingale's class took the, the chair. And Brother Massingale said, what are you doing? He says, well, you told us just to be at least in class. We get notes. We get a good grade. And he goes, yeah. He says, well, you didn't tell us we can't bring a grinder. I'm tired, but I'm going to be here. What is recall? That's what some of us want to come to church. Well, God, talk to me a little bit if you want, but I'm going to take a little nap here. And that's what we want. But I'm telling you, God wants to get a hold of us if we want to impact a dying world. I'm telling you, America has sent out the greatest missionaries. America is the church that's financing all this missionary. But when you look around the world, the other part of the world is having all the revival. It's not because the people are greater. It's not because the people are richer. It's not because the people have a better calling of God. No, no. It's not because they have a desire of God like now before. They don't have money. They don't have food. They don't have a car. They don't have nice houses, but they have a desire in their hearts to say, God, I need that not anointing. I need that power. Can you stand right now? If America wants to reach this lost world, we got to do it, but through the spirit of God. Why do we come to church? We come to get anointed. The Bible says in Acts 1.8, and I love Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. Power. How many like that power? I'm not a tool guy, and I'm not a big things on big power stuff, but I, I'm a big, I like cars. And I remember working at National Rent-A-Car at, at IBC. We sponsored at that time. I don't know about now. I've not been at work at that National Rent-A-Car for many, many years. But I remember we used to get the Pace cars. And we get some good Camaros and we get some nice Blazers. Cars that came from General Motors, especially for the Indy 500. Them cars that go around before the race and everybody's waving and you have some of the, you know, sponsors there and everybody here and everybody there. And I got to one day turn on one of them Camaros. Boom, 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 boom. Oh. I got so excited because that car had like 10 times more power than my car. See, Sister, Sister Martha and Brother James, my grandfather, sold me a little Cavalier. 1984. I called her Betty. And you turn her on, she was no fun. At the end, it started smoking so much, I got pulled over a couple times and you know, the cops like, uh, you know, you're, you're smoking everywhere. I said, yeah, I'm trying to kill all the dead flies, all the bad flies and all the mosquitoes that want to bite us, you know. They didn't like that joke now. And I got to take one of these cars to the Indy 500 track just to take it there because that, that, that morning they were going to, the next day they were going to do something. So we took them all nice, cleaned and watched. And I got on the highway. Man, I made it before. It was like a 15-mile drive from our, car, our place, and I, I did it like in two minutes. Like, I was there. Everybody was laughing, Lonnie, Lonnie, you're going to get a ticket. I was like 110 miles an hour in that car. I was like, yeah, this is a great car. That anointing, we want that power. And that is something we need. That's why we come to church. We come to get refilled. We come to get the anointing. We come to get the power of God because without it, we cannot live. Without it, we're just simple people. But with the anointing of God, it's God in us. And when you have God in you, you can impact a dying world. Just like Trisha was talking, this person just, woo, stop. Hey, hey, hey. you know, I know you. I, I want to talk to you. Damn, then you have that anointing. You're going to get more connections with people. Because sometimes we need an adjustment of change of personality. We do need the Holy Ghost. I've seen some people that say, I got the Holy Ghost and they're all bitter and mad. 
I got the Holy Ghost and Jesus loves me. I don't know what God you have, but my God makes me smile. My God gives me a smile. My God gives me an anointing that I said I can make it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I don't care what circumstance I'm going. I got a God that is with me. When you have that anointing, it's fresh. But then that anointing is so necessary. Because then it says, and then ye shall be witnesses. And what I like, and I don't have time to explain, but it says, ye shall. It's a commandment. It did not give it an option. You might be a witness. You might be a witness. You might have that talent. No, he's saying we all have to be a witness. You like it or not, but with the demonstration of the Holy Ghost in you, with God in you, you can have that authority. And wherever you go, it doesn't matter, hallelujah, how busy your schedule is. Hallelujah, that field is wide open. That field is ready to harvest. And the only thing that is asking you, you God is asking of you is that you become the missionary of your local area and it says ye shall be witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the world see God wants to use you and I believe we're living in the last days how many believe that and we got to do more than we have ever done before Money is not going to matter anymore. It's spreading the gospel that's going to be mattering. And so we have a lot of work to do. You're not the missionaries in Venezuela. Thank you for your support. You're sending us. And thank you for that. We're not here to cry and that we need this and we need it. Yes, we need so much to do. We have so much hunger. We have pastors that are dying. Literally, they're dying. They're, they're so skinny. Pastors that I, I could tell my grandmother. And we can look at pictures where grandma would probably say, oh, I remember when he was this fat. Well, now he's not that fat anymore. They're dying. Pastors are going over 72 hours without a meal most of the time. People that I know downtown in Barcelona, Puerto La Cruz, and different area, they don't eat a meal all the time like you and I. We have to have four or five meals during the day. They don't have that luxury, but I'm telling you, our churches are having the greatest revival right now in Venezuela. Can you say amen? I just got some report the other day about a pastor baptizing in the city of Barquisimeto. Hallelujah. Josue Mota baptizing 28 people in the one wonderful name of Jesus. Oh, there's town. There's people coming to church. There's another pastor that only has a congregation of 85 people, but every day they're having services in people's home and over 55 cell groups are happening during the week. There's hunger in people's lives. There's people that want Jesus. There's one of these cell groups. This lady came for the first time in a wheelchair. She could not walk for 20 years, but they prayed for her. And she decided to get out of that wheelchair and God healed her instantly. That is the God that you and I serve. God is willing to give healing to people, but with the desire of seeking the kingdom of God. Javier Martinez, about nine, ten months ago, gave us a little video clip, and I wish I could have showed it to you. It's not a high-quality iPhone. It's a very simple phone that they recorded, but this man, they had to bring it into the water. He was paralyzed from his neck on down. Javier Martinez, my brother-in-law, looked at him at the hospital and said, if I take you to the river right now and baptize you in the name of Jesus, God will heal you. And so he obeyed. He believed. He says, I will seek God right now. And so they took him to the river, there they carried him to the water but they baptized him in the name of Jesus when he came out it wasn't an instant miracle but little by little his ankle bones his knee bones every part of his body start having healing and before you know it two minutes later he walks out of that water he was walking and praising God I'm telling you it's because of the seeking of the kingdom of God 
So I'm telling you, if you want revival, if you want revival in 2020, we're ready to round the corner. We're going to do better than ever before. But it's going to come by the seeking of the kingdom of God. It's going to come by a desire, not because of my neighbor next door. No, no, no. It's for you. Revival does not happen from outside on in. It happens inside on out. Brother Ellis, it starts here. It starts in this altar. It starts in every service when we come in a mindset, this is the day that the Lord, this is the time I've come to worship. Oh, we got excited about church. I know America's not like Venezuela. In Venezuela, we have service every night of the week, pretty much. They have, they love service. I passed your last, the other, on Friday, said, Brother Lonnie, look at this. We're preparing for all night prayer meeting. We're doing fast. We're doing this. I'm telling you, I wish America, we can get a little bit more involved in that. I know sometimes we get very carnal, and I do too. When I went back to Venezuela in, in 2015, I, I almost didn't want to go back, Brother Ellis. Because I was knowing what Venezuela was going through. But God gave me that verse through my wife. And we kind of decided, hey, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And, and everything shall be added. And this is what the Lord gave me when I was doing this scripture, this verse. He was letting me know, if my church will seek me. If my church will surrender to me. If my church will put their pride aside and just come and surrender all to me i will pour out my spirit upon each and every one of them and the holy ghost will pour down and when the holy ghost is upon each of you youth and each and every one of us and we step out our our feet out of this building that anointing is with me and wherever we go we can impact a dying world i'm telling you people need to be smiled a little bit the people need to know that jesus loves us we need to go and say how you doing jesus loves you i'm telling you if we be more friendly if we just let our light shine a little bit more god can impact greater our city And this time, America needs Jesus. Can you just raise your hands and say, Lord, here am I right now. I need that anointing in my life. I want to keep on seeking you until the end of time. Can we just do that right now? Can you raise your hands and say, God, I want to seek you right now. There's time for God today. There's time to surrender to God. There's time just to be in everything in the altar and say, Lord, I need you more than ever before. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.